Um, hey, if we've not had the opportunity to meet, my name is Pastor Taylor. Um, I serve here as the, as the pastor over student ministry, and I'm excited for y'all to be here. Are y'all excited to be here? Come on. How many of y'all are about to go on Christmas break? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Okay, a good amount of y'all. How many of y'all are adults and you don't get Christmas break anymore? My people, right? Like, I, it's the craziest thing. It stops existing. Christmas break stops, and then, like, there is one year where you will stop. Right? I, I was messing with my wife, and she showed me a TikTok. She, she, she's on TikTok because she's a sinner. I don't because I'm holy. No, she's showing me a TikTok, and it says, it says there was one day in time when your parents stopped picking you up as a little kid. I got all sad. And then she showed me another one and it said, there was one time when you said bye to your friends and said, I'll see you later, and you never saw them ever again. Like, dang, Pastor Taylor, way to make me sad. And there will be a moment when you will go, all right, I'll see you guys after Christmas break. And that is the last Christmas break you will ever get in your life. So take advantage of them. Enjoy them while you have them, right? Because one day Christmas is going to be super expensive and, like, you're paying for it all. And now you just get to, like, hang out and have fun, enjoy it all. But tonight we're talking about Christmas. Somebody say Christmas. How many of y'all, like, want to play Christmas music 24-7? Let me see, let me see. Okay, all of you can stand up and leave, okay? No, I'm just playing. I, I struggle with Christmas at times because I, I, I sometimes struggle because I feel like there's so much pressure with Christmas. Can I get an amen from somebody? Like, there can be a lot of pressure connected with Christmas. Like, hey, you got to have gifts. you got to have a list. You can't spoil the whole Santa thing for little kids. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy, right? Don't be that person who says something in front of in front of a little kid, right, and ruins their entire Christmas. I remember um, growing up at this church, there was a worship leader who got up, and it was kind of like a Christmas Eve service. And he's talking on the mic, and he's super spiritual. You know how worship leaders are, right? They've got the super, super, super tight pants. It's what allows the Holy Spirit to move through them really, really good. But he's up there talking, and he's, this is a couple years ago. This is before any of y'all, you know, were old enough to probably remember. But he's up there talking. I'm a kid. I'm watching, and he, no joke, goes, I'm not even lying, Julian. He's on the mic, and he goes, hey, families, kids, zero year, like, I mean, babies are in there, two-year-olds, five-year-olds, the whole church is together. And he, no joke, goes, hey, do y'all remember when you believed in Santa? And I kid you not, every parent, I just watch them take their two pointer fingers and go straight into the kid's ears like, no, you're not ruining it for my kid. And he proceeds to continue on as the worship leader and go, man, I remember believing, but guess what? We can believe in a real person and his name was Jesus. <laughs> just brutal. And of course, you know, the worship, the worship team is like, did he really just say that? They're playing keys, trying to save the service, right? And, and I remember because Christmas has pressure, but pressure can be a good thing. Can I get an amen from somebody? Right? Pressure can be a good thing. Like, it can be a really good thing. Pressure makes people better, but it also exposes people who are not as good as they say they are. Hello, right? Talk about athletes, talk about sports, talk about whatever your favorite field. When there starts to be an applied pressure, you can see who's legit and who's not legit. But before we jump into tonight, can I pray? Is that cool? Would y'all bow your heads, close your eyes with me? We believe in prayer. Jesus, I pray tonight that whatever my words would be, Lord, that they would fall to the floor and only yours would remain. Jesus, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for those who, who showed up tonight, Lord. I pray that there would just be a blessing and a coverage over, over those who are 
not here, Lord, whether they're sick, Lord, I just pray a blessing over them in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen, amen. All right, y'all, here, I want to do something. Uh, Turn to your neighbor and tell them your favorite Christmas gift you ever got. Ready, set, go. Favorite one, all time, all time, all time. All time. All time. Jason, what'd you get? Minecraft, Fortnite, (laughs) V-Bucks. All right, all right. What was the weirdest one you heard? Somebody just yell it out. Weirdest one. Cotton candy maker. I mean, that's kind of cool. That's a little weird. Like, you know, I'm just imagining you at like 3 a.m. Like, like, right. What else? What else? Anybody else have any weird ones? Chick-fil-A sauce? Like just a container of it? Like a big one or like the little ones? I'm not even playing, y'all. Those little ones when like, I've seen people like sneak those in pockets and I'm like, it's the Lord's chicken. You can't do that, bro. So what'd you get? What'd you get? Go ahead. Ice? Just like ice. Like, like, like teeth ice or like a chain of ice? Like, or what are you talking about? Like water? Like frozen water? Your little brother? Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a cool one, I guess. But one of my favorite gifts I ever got to give to somebody was I actually was dating my wife, but we were in high school, right? Y'all remember high school, right? Anybody here who, who's out of high school? Let me see, let me see, let me see. Okay, okay. Any people who are currently in high school? Any people who are junior hires who are one day looking, longing at high school? You're like, I just get me out of seventh grade. Please, God, right? And I remember being in high school, and I was not a baller. I was balling on a budget. Do I have some friends in the house, right? You're just like, I ain't got a whole lot of money, but what I do have is a whole lot of heart, babe, right? Like, I cannot give you the Michael Kors bag, but I will get you a Mike and Ike uh, candy bar, right? Like, I can't get you Michael, but I can get you Mike and Ike, you know what I'm saying? So... But I remember that we went, uh, my family went to San Diego one year, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to get a Christmas gift for her. It's going to be so romantic. Me at 17, I'm going to bring back the most romantic thing I could find, (laughs) which happened to be at, like, a gas station, right, like, or one of those kind of gifts. And I remember getting her a necklace that had a flip-flop on it. I know. Somebody say, aww. Right, come on, that's romantic. I don't know what you're talking about. That was, that was a bomb gift. But the problem was is that it was not actually attached to the chain when I, I, I got it. I had to attach it myself, but it was just one of those, you know those really crappy like clips that are normally on the back of necklaces? That's what attached it to the chain, okay? Really bad design, very poorly done, but hey, it was like $12.00. Your homie's on a, on a grind. He's on a hustle. So I bring it back to Erica. I give it to her. She's like, oh, thanks so much, right? And I'm like, oh, man, like I nailed it out of the park, right? I kid you not because it was such a poorly put together gift. Maybe two months, maybe two months later, it has fallen off of the chain because it was just on that crappy little loop, and it's gone, and I am destroyed. I am crestfallen. I am so sad. And she goes, she goes, I lost it, but I still have the chain. I don't have the thing anymore, right? And I, and I remember that at, uh, one time, once we were married, I was like, babe, we've got to find this. I know it's somewhere in all your jewelry. I began looking through, and did we find it, babe? 
we found it. And it was amazing. And here's what I want to tell you is that Christmas gifts are way more important about, it's way more about giving than receiving. It mattered way more to me than it did to you. True? Erica's like, oh, it was like an $11 thing. It's not that big a deal. But to me, it was like, babe, it's so special. It was like the first Christmas gift I ever gave you. I was 17. I was trying to make it happen. And she's like, meh. It wasn't that. It wasn't that special. But I, what I want to focus on tonight is I want to talk about the Christmas story. And I know a lot of the times we spend a lot of time thinking about the Christmas story when it connects to baby Jesus, right? Little baby, sweet baby, eight pound, nine ounce baby Jesus in a manger, right? Right. We can imagine that Jesus. But what I really want to focus on is I want to focus on the teenagers in this story. I want to focus on some teenagers, right? And I, and I know you're like, Pastor Taylor, I'm not a teenager. Pastor Taylor, I'm beyond a teenager. Pastor Taylor, I'm 20, I'm 21, I'm 22. And I'm like, you're two years removed from being a teenager, bro. Chill out, right? Oh, man, I'm not a teenager anymore. I'm like, bro, if you still rock in, never mind, I'm not going to say it. If you still wear an Axe body spray, bro, I'm going to call you a teenager. So, but what I'm saying is that I think there comes a moment where we have to understand that Jesus loved to use teenagers, God loved to use teenagers all throughout the Bible, and that's what we're going to spend a little bit of time about. Um, uh, 11 days for, Chris, for Christmas still blows my mind. Uh, how many of y'all have finals or have taken finals recently? Okay, okay, okay. How many of y'all had a winter formal? Let me see, let me see. Oh, snap, oh, snap. A couple people, a couple people, a couple people. Uh, how many of y'all wanted to go to the winter formal? Okay, a couple people, a couple people. Your time's coming, your time's coming. It's okay, it's okay. But what I, what I want to tell you is, is that in a season that has a ton of pressure, God still has a plan for your life. In a season that could be so busy and so worried and filled with, man, I've got to get all these things done, we sometimes forget that God has a plan for every single day of your life. God has something for you today. God has something for you tomorrow. You're not in just a season of just push and get to Christmas, but we actually, he has something planned for each and every single one of us. Um, one, of, uh, one of my favorite Christmas traditions of, 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 like t- of all time is a white elephant gift. How many of y'all have ever done like a white elephant gift exchange, right? And then my favorite, I don't know if you guys have ever watched, there's an old show. It was called The Office. And in one of the episodes, they do a white elephant, but one guy goes way beyond the gift limit. And they say, hey, bring a $10 to $15 gift. And this man brings a $200 iPod back when iPods were cool. Do they even still make iPods? I think they're dead, right? I don't know. They like, they like stop making them. They're like, if you can't afford an iPhone, get out of here, right? Like, and I remember this episode, I was laughing so hard because everyone wanted the iPod because it was so valuable, but the guy was trying to make a specific person get this gift. So he started trying to like maneuver the game. He started trying to control the game. And what I want to tell you is, is that there are gifts that God has given you that are worth a lot, but you don't value it that way. There's a lot of gifts that God has given to you that you devalue when there are other people who would wish for the opportunity to have a gift like that in their life. And can I tell you the greatest gift that, Jesus, that God has ever given us was Jesus. And do you know who he entrusted that gift to? He didn't entrust that gift to like the president. He didn't entrust that gift to a king. He didn't entrust that gift to the most capable, wealthy man in the entire world or wealthy woman in the, in the world. He gave it to a 14-year-old girl. He gave it to a arguably 15 to 16-year-old boy. That's who God 
entrusted with the most valuable gift he had to give. Um, I want to I show you this. John 3.16 says this, For here is the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. Somebody say gift. Somebody say gift. As a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will never perish but experience everlasting life. He didn't give Jesus as a, as a, uh, uh, as a uh, get out of jail card. He gave him as a gift. And the crazy thing about a gift is, I don't know about you, but um, um, sometimes we'll have gifts for people, but then we like ne- don't connect with them in the Christmas season, and we like hang on to the gift, and we'll reconnect with them and like give it to them later. Have you guys ever had something like that happen? You're like, man, I got something for my best friend, and I got to give it to him, and then you forget to give it to him at school, and then you're like, hey, it's January 31st. Here's your Christmas gift, right? And they're like, oh, thanks. This would have been awesome a month and a half ago, right? And I think the, the, the wrestling match is, is that there are times when we receive gifts at the wrong time. There are times in your life you've received the gift at the wrong time and you've not valued it correctly. You've received it too early. It might be that relationship. Hello. It might be that boyfriend, girlfriend was actually a gift from God, but you were too immature to handle it. It might be that friendship. You were too immature to handle that friendship or you were, you were too distracted with trying to get your KD ratio better that you missed an opportunity to really pursue what God had for you in that season. Gifts matter. We love gifts. Um, how many of y'all have ever bought a gift for somebody that you like, like, like? Come on, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Come on, come on, come on, come on. All right, all right, all right, all right. How many of y'all have ever bought a gift for, like, someone you like but don't, like, you feel like you have to buy them a gift? It's probably, like, a cousin that you're, like, kind of friends with but you don't really like them. How many of y'all have ever had to buy a gift for somebody like that, right? Don't point at them, right? Don't point at them, right? There are times when you have to buy a gift but you don't really mean the value of said gift. God, when he sent down Jesus, meant every single value he could give and giving that gift to us. Acts 20 verse 35 says this, and everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of y'all believe that? Oh, not all y'all. Because it's hard. We in our human nature don't believe that. We don't believe that it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? You're like, man, Pastor Taylor, like, if I stood on the side of the road and people just wanted to give me money, like, I'd be down with it. I mean, I'd feel a whole lot better doing that than, than getting, right? I, everybody wants to receive the lottery. Nobody wants to pay into the lottery, right? Because that's how they make the lottery money is it's literally like a group purchase and one person gets the prize at the end. Sad. Right. If we really come to believe this, that it is better to give than to receive, it would change our lives. When we give, something powerful happens because it actually changes something in our hearts. Do you know when you give, your mind says no? Right? Like when you have to give, like if it actually costs you something, like how many of y'all have ever had to like go buy a gift and it's probably outside of your budget, but you're going to do it anyway because you love that person? It's like for your mama, right? You're like, I'm going to buy my mom this jacket. And it's like, it's Arizona, bro. She doesn't need the jacket. You're like, but it's fancy, right? And you swipe that card. It's outside of your budget and it costs you something. It hurts up here. It doesn't make sense up here. But something happens here. 
right? That's the whole reason that people will go into massive amounts of debt in the Christmas season is because it feels good here, but it doesn't make sense up here. Man, I, w- I want to give my kids everything, but it ends up costing them in the end because they're so focused on here and not here. Um, the reasons we don't give is because of a couple of thoughts that I'm going to tell you. A couple of thoughts that go in our mind. The first one is, I don't have enough to give. Right? How many of y'all have ever been there before, right? Right? You see somebody standing at, with, a, with a cardboard sign that says, please help, God bless, anything helps. And then you're like, I don't even have anything on me. I don't even have anything to give. Right? Oh, man, whatever I do have, I've got to spend for me to be okay. Those are the things that go into our mind. Um, another thought we have is that I, sh- I am in need. Someone should give to me. I don't give to others. There's this, there's this thing that in our culture we love to do is we love to talk about the 1%. Oh, gas breaks. Gas. We love talking about the 1%. We're like, man, the freaking 1% ruining our lives in America. Ah. I hate Bill Gates, right, as you play on an Xbox. Oh, right. Oh, I hate uh, Tesla. Well, they have billions of dollars, and I don't even have enough to cover my shoe addiction, right? We get so frustrated at the 1% when statistically, if we look at the entire world, if your family owns two cars, you are in the top 2% of wealth in the world. Hello. The, 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 the study, there's a study that's been done. Um, it's probably shifted a little bit because of inflation, but this study was done in 2010 that, the, that literally the study said that if you have $10 in your pocket, 10 U.S. dollars to your name, how many of y'all got 10 U.S. dollars to your name right now? Raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand, raise your hand. Let's go, let's go. You are in the top 3% of wealth in the world. You're like, what? In the entire world, you make, you would be in the top 3% if you have no debt and $10 in your pocket. Insane. One of the other thoughts that we have when we struggle to give is that we, we think that the person who's asking for help or the person who needs help in that situation is that they got themselves into that situation. Man, you know what? I can't give. Man, they made poor decisions with their life. Why would I give my hard-earned money to somebody who lived stupidly? When truthfully, if we examined your life, why would Jesus give his best when you lived stupidly? Right? We look at other people and we go, man, you messed up your life. You got to get yourself out of it. When you didn't get yourself out of your mess, Jesus got you out of your mess. The, the next thought that I think we have is, I only have enough for me. I don't have enough to give, Pastor Taylor. I don't have enough. Another thought that we have is, I will give when I'm older. I'll help people when I'm older, when I've got more money. Um, can I tell you this? Generosity is not based upon age. Generosity is based upon heart. Do you know that you as a child are actually instinctually uh, designed to not want to be generous, and it has to be learned, right? One of the words that, that I, I, I joke with my wife, I have a little 10-month-old. She's walking around. She's, like, trying to own the place. She, like, sticks everything in her mouth. I, the other day, Erica found her eating dog food. Just, like, pause. 
I know she got that dog in her, but not like that. So, <laughs> but next thing you know, she's eating dog food. And, and, and one of the things that I am loving about this season is that she'll be eating something and I'll go, ah, like that. And she'll go, and she'll extend it, her nasty, grubby little hands. She'll extend it. And then I try and take it like, oh, you're offering it to me. And she goes, mm. right? And I'm like, oh, man, no. Ah. And she goes, mm. and I'll be like, oh, thank you so much. And then I'll start to take it. She's like, mm. then she'll eat it. And then she'll look at mom and she'll go, mm. which is feed me more. Try that next time with your significant other when you want her to do something or him to do something. Mm. I don't know if that's going to work for you, buddy, but um, it'll probably be better than your current communication skills. Hello. All right. <laughs> Some of y'all talking about your, your riz. You ain't got no riz, homie. So. <laughs> and one of the things, one of the things, sorry, I got to focus. I got to focus. I got to focus. One of the things, one of the things that so happens in the Christmas season and in gift giving is we get wrapped up in our evaluation of the gifts that we receive. We start to value the gift and we start to go, man, that's how much somebody loves me is how much they were willing to give to me, right? And that's a, that's a fair, that's a fair uh, 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 reasoning to come to, right? If, if mom has historically spent, you know, $100, $150 on you on Christmas or whatever the value is, and next year she gives you a McDonald's gift card with 77 cents on it because she already used it for a McFlurry, you're going to be like, mom, what's up? Did I do something? You got to tell me what's going on. And can I tell you that God's love and God's gift for you never changes, that it remains the same, and it is the highest value gift you will ever receive in your life, that his love never changes for me and you. We talk about blessings, and um, I want to I wanna talk to some teenagers or some people who are recently out of being a teenager. Um, young people, teenagers, spend too much time asking and not enough time giving. Me and you spend too much time asking for stuff and not giving away what we do have. We spend so much time like asking or trying or attempting or, or uh, trying to make something happen instead of giving what we do have. You're like, man, if somebody would just teach me how to do that. Man, if I could just get a bunch of people to follow my YouTube, then my life would be better. Instead of giving what you do have, instead of supporting, instead of giving what you do have, you spend so much time asking. And what would the church look like? What would my and your lives look like if we gave half as much as we asked for? What if, what if instead of you going, God, if you could just give me $100, and he goes, give $50, and I'll give you $100. What would your life look like? You'd be like, I'd be poor. And I'd go, no, no, no. God would do something in your heart. That would change who you, how you operate in your relationships and in your friendships. It's because it is better to give than to receive. And the only way you will come to believe that is by trying it. No matter how much I tell you, no matter how much I tell you from this platform, it's better to give. It's better to give, homie. It's better to give. You're going to be like, no. No, if somebody was going to give me a million dollars or I had to give someone a million dollars, I'm going to take giving. I'm going to take receiving a million dollars. I promise you that's what you're going to do. I don't know why you sound like that. You need to get that checked out, homie. But what I'll tell you is, is that from my life, what I've lived, it's better to give than to receive.
It is always better to give than to receive. And the most I ever feel like Jesus is not in the worship set. The most I feel like Jesus is not when I'm in my prayer closet, hidden away, laying before the Lord, face down, right, with with this awesome upper room music playing behind me, right? That's not when I feel most like Jesus. When I feel most like Jesus is when I give. Because Jesus came to give his life. He came to give his gifting. He came to give life back to me and you. He didn't come to take. He came to give. And I believe the greatest thing about the Christmas season is that we as a culture, as a world, I would argue, is focused on giving in this season. We really are. There are very few people who would go, man, you know what? I'm just anticipating my kids to drop a bunch of money and buy me that brand new, new F-150. That's not probably what most dads are thinking. That's probably not what most moms are thinking. Man, my kids are going to get together and they're going to buy me that new Mercedes. Probably not. But you know what they are thinking about? Do you know what most people are thinking about is who am I giving to this year? Right? I know, I know a lot of us, right? We write lists, right? Mom and dad ask us for lists. What do you want? And you're like, PS5, Xbox, right? Nintendo Switch. Like, you just go down the list and it's like dollar, 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 dollar bills, right? You know to ask because you, you have not, because you ask not. It's the only verse that most of y'all know off the top of your hizzy, off your brain. Like, you know it. Like, I have not because I ask not. And we ask for a lot of things, but we also think, who am I giving to this year? The sign of maturity is coming into what can I give, not what can I take. The sign of a mature relationship is not what you can take, but what you can give. The sign that your relationship, that your boyfriend or girlfriend is immature is because they're focused on what they can take from you, not what they can give to you. That's better than y'all letting on. That's better than y'all letting on. Maturity is when you can give with no intention of receiving back. I want to jump into the Christmas story. Y'all okay? Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Okay. Luke 1, 26 through 34. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're spending a little bit of time in Scripture. But I want to give you a little bit of context about the Jewish people at this point in time. Someone say Jewish. Right? I know we like to believe Jesus was a white man, six foot tall, long brown hair, right, flowing, right, and he had just the most beautiful blue eyes. That's probably not accurate. Can somebody say, duh? Right? He's growing, he's in the Middle East. He probably looks like a Middle East man, okay, just for some context. But one of the things about their culture that is insane, that blows my mind, that, that, honestly is true of a lot of cultures, but we just have gotten so removed from it here in, the, in America, is that their marriage customs would be that the average, the latest somebody would get married for life was 16 to 17 years old. That was the oldest that they would go. They'd be like, hey, yo, you're 17, homie. You got you to gotta speed this thing up, bro. You got to marry the first girl who takes a little bit of interest in you, right? That was literally the culture of the day, was to get married ridiculously young. There would be people who would get married before they had literally had armpit hair. Yo, that's wild, homie, right? Like, there would be people who would get married before they had ever, like, had a, a, a moment where their voice changes. They were getting married for life. 
That's what the culture is at this point in time. So I want to show with you guys Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. If you brought your Bibles, you can open up there. If you didn't, it's going to be up on the screen. It says this, During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl. Somebody say, unmarried. Somebody say, single ladies. Right? Single ladies, right? That's where she's at. She's single. She's unmarried. But check this out. She has a boo thing. Somebody say, boo thing. No, y'all got to say like boo thing, right? She has a boo thing. His name is Joseph. I like to believe that Joseph was like a giga chad. That's what I like to believe. He was a manly man. He was a carpenter. He could put in work, homie, right? You just, I'll just, I'll just say this. If you work with like wood like that, homie, your hands are tough. You're tough. You probably get splinters and stuff like that. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I hate getting splinters, right? It makes me so mad. Check this out. He, she was un, an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth. Somebody say Nazareth. A village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Dang. Somebody say Joseph. Somebody say Joey. Right? Joey. I like to call him Joey because, you know, I feel like a, a giga chat would be named Joey. But Joey is chilling, but he is a direct descendant of King David. Dang, that's like, that'd be like, if you were to be like, yeah, trace back my ancestral lineage, I'm actually related to Abraham Lincoln. Like, dang, people would suddenly have a little bit of respect, like, hey, wait, the guy who freed slaves, the guy who, like, had that crazy assassination, like, wait, you're related to that guy? Man, that, like, that's cool. I don't know about you, but that's cool. And that is where Giga Chad Joey, it comes from, okay? Y'all are going to be like, yeah, Mary and Giga Chad, right? And your mom's going to be like, that's not who we're talking about, right? But he was, she was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, rejoice, beloved woman. Gabriel, just for context, is an angel of the Lord, okay? That's who Gabriel is. He's not just a homie, like, showing up and, like, you know, telling her what's going to happen. This is an angel of the Lord. Gabriel appeared to her and said, rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you, and you are anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel and bewildered over what this may mean for her. Could you imagine? You're just chilling. You're just chilling, just enjoying life. You're a 14-year-old girl. Go ahead, imagine it, right? Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And in this moment, she, no joke, is chilling, and an angel appears to her and tells her, that God is pleased with her, right? I like to imagine, right, I, I think an angel, as, his story, as all throughout the Bible would show, there would be light radiating off of them. There would be like a significant difference in this person. They would probably be perfect in appearance. They wouldn't be dirty. They wouldn't be smelly. They wouldn't like look like a busted up, you know, boy, hello. And that's, that's what would happen. And literally, Mary is scared. She's troubled. Verse 30, but the angel reassured her, saying, do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Right? If an angel showed up and was like, hey, we got a gift for you, you're like, oh, there's a Mercedes, there's a Lamborghini, there's a Bugatti, right? Like, that's what's out there, right? What color is your Bugatti, right? Like, that's 
Well, I would imagine like, oh my gosh, a gift is about to show up and change my life forever. You're bringing me a gift? Homie, it better be like the most perfect like man I've ever seen, the most perfect woman I've ever seen. Like if you're bringing me a spouse, like I'm in, Lord, or like a bunch of land or a beautiful house, right? Or an all-you-can-eat, uh, 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 one of those Chick-fil-A cards that lets you eat there for the rest of your life. Y'all know that that exists? It blows my mind. It's called a Chick-fil-A black card. I'm like, Lord, what do I got to do? I will give up ministry, Lord. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. I won't. But I, I, I joke, but I'm imagining a gift. And she's so excited. She's like, oh, my gosh. The, the Lord is going to give me a gift. And we continue on verse 31. It says, you will become pregnant. Dang it. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I, I just got to experience watching my wife be pregnant. And there's a couple of moments that are gifts, but a lot of it sucks. And I didn't even do anything. I was just like, you got this, babe. What do you need? It's a challenge. Like that, there are moments of excitement. There are moments of a gift. But I would say 90% of it is really, really tough. You get tired. Your body starts to change. You suddenly are like having things happen to you that you like you didn't sign up for. You're not like, Lord, everything on this list, please. Yes. Like that's not what most pregnancies are like. They're not like, God is good. I've got 34 pounds of weight hanging off the front of my stomach, but God is good. Like that's not what most pregnancies look like. But the Lord, it says it's a gift. You will become pregnant with a baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. Verse 32, he will be supreme and he will be known. I don't know. I, I feel like I literally, when I was younger, I imagined Jesus just had like a supreme logo across his chest. So I was like, hey, that's pretty fly. If he was like supreme, right? Is the supreme even so cool, David? It's so cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All the, all the students are like, no, don't listen to David. So, he will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. She just got told, because you got to understand, at this point in time, the Jewish people are enslaved. They are being lorded over by the Roman people. They are not free. They do not get to do what they want. They are subject to the Roman people. And this angel says, hey, there is a king coming who's going to free your people, who's going to get all the things back that has been stolen from you, and that's who you're going to carry in your womb. And I imagine, like, she's like, wait, but you said pregnant. I don't still know about that. Verse 34, Mary said, but how could this happen? I am still a virgin. And I know a lot of us are like, wait, did Pastor Taylor just say virgin? Yes. Virgin, right, is somebody who has not had sex yet. And despite what culture would tell you and, and, and make virginity something lame, it is actually the most precious gift that your body has to offer. It is something special to be given to someone you are supposed to marry. Not some, not some bum in middle school or high school. Not some girl who's a floozy. Not some girl who's just, you know, a garden tool. Okay? I love you. That is the greatest gift that God has given you in your body. I don't care if you're LeBron James, six foot seven, going to dunk on somebody. That's not the greatest gift that God has given you in your body. It is the purity of that sexual expression meant for your husband or wife. Sir, I'm a little passionate because 
culture wants to tell us what this is and what it isn't. And can I tell you, it's the most valuable thing that you have to give to your spouse. But the, but the enemy would tell you, the world would tell you, the devil would tell you that it is meant to be explored. It's meant to be thrown away. Actually, you want to get rid of this as soon as you possibly can because it's a bad title. When really, all throughout culture and across all sorts of generations, that has been the most precious thing that you can be. It's to maintain your virginity, to maintain your purity. Can I tell you, um, and I know you're like, no freaking way. I got married as a virgin. And I know, I know you're like, why is Pastor Taylor telling me this? He's about to get weird. Maybe. Hear me out. Sex still works, and it's still good. You don't have to be the guy who goes like, no, man, I got to be experienced, homie. No. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. All you do is build a, a, a comparison reel that you will compare your wife to for the rest of your life, young man. Young lady, if, you, if you're like, no, man, I don't want to be that girl who doesn't know what's going on. I don't want to be, I, I want to I be experienced. I don't want to be, you know, I want to know what's going on. I want to, you know, I want to be able to make sure that I get okay, that I get taken care of. So I want to be with somebody who has been through this. And I tell you, you will live your life comparing. You will live your life thinking about somebody else and making it better than it really was. And do you know what that creates in you? That creates a longing and a desire to break up, to break up this marriage, to break up what God has put together and pursue something that doesn't really exist. All that to say, Mary has not had sex. Mary is like, this is impossible. I cannot get pregnant without having sex. This is, this is not how it's going to work. It can't work. And I would imagine as a 14-year-old girl, you get told, hey, you're about to get pregnant. You're like, I didn't even get to do the, the, the fun part. I didn't even get to do that, and now i got to be pregnant? Like we sometimes romanticize and we're like, Mary, she's just such an awesome 14-year-old. Think about you at 14. Some of you are 14. And you're like, man, I could not imagine suddenly becoming a parent. Suddenly having to put my life on hold because I am now responsible for another human being, another life. And not just another life, this is Jesus, the king of kings, like God. And you're 14. Hi. That's my baby. He's the king of the world. <laughs> right? Could you imagine? I can't imagine. It blows my mind. But check this out. Watch how Mary responds to this. Watch how Mary responds. Luke 135, this is Gabriel continuing on, and then watch how Mary responds after that. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and Almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. This is how you're going to get pregnant. You're not getting pregnant by a human, by a man. That's not how you're getting pregnant. You are getting pregnant by the presence of God, which is why Jesus is holy, why Jesus is 100% man and 100% God. It's not because he, was, he came from somebody. He came from the Lord, and then a woman carried him and birthed him, Okay. That's how he can connect with you, but still be God. Verse 37 verse, and, and 38 says this. Then Mary responded saying, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. Man, 14 years old probably. And she just said yes to getting pregnant from the Lord. That's crazy. 
And we continue on in this story, and we'll spend a little bit of time next, next, next week talking about Joseph's experience. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what Joseph responded in this story. He goes, are you for real? Are you for real? You pregnant? And then you're going to tell me you didn't have sex with nobody? You lying. There's no way. And as, as I close, jo Joey, you can make your way up. There's a gift that was given, and his name was Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. And the thing about Jesus is we love in the Christmas season to think about him when he was a little baby. Oh, look you, eight pound, nine ounce, baby Jesus laying in a manger, right? That's what we like to think. But can I tell you the, the, the value of the baby is very low if you don't have the value on the cross. That this baby really doesn't matter unless he lives a perfect life and gives his life up for me and you. It's a cute story. It's, it's awesome. It's a cool, like, man, wow, look at all the cool things that happened in little baby Jesus' life. He got all these cool gifts from these wise old men. But that story really has very little value without a Jesus on the cross. A Jesus in the manger really has, has very little value without a Jesus who carried his cross and died for me and you. And if you don't know, Jesus grows up, lives a perfect life, does all sorts of ministry, blesses people, heals people, and then one day is unjustly put on trial and then brutally executed, tortured, in front of the whole city of Israel, Jerusalem, the whole country, basically. And the reason why that's so important for me and you to know is because me and you have, maybe just me, I won't speak for you, but I'm probably not wrong, that you've dropped the ball in some areas of your life. You've messed up. You've lied. Maybe like me, you've cheated, stolen, looked at things you shouldn't have. And what I'll tell you is, is that Jesus died so that you could be forgiven of those things. He didn't die because like, man, I hate this world. Man, this is so terrible, I wanna die. He literally died so that me and you could have relationship with him. So that me and you could be whole. So with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment. This is a private moment between just you and Jesus. You may be in this room and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, I hear you talking about Jesus, but if I'm really honest, I don't have a relationship with him. I've walked away, I've made bad choices, or maybe you're in this place and you go, I've never known Jesus, Pastor Taylor. I, I just have never been in this. But I want to know Jesus. I want to know who he is. I want to know who he really is in my life. If that's you, I want to lead you in a prayer because Jesus died so that you could be made whole. If there's a whole if there's an area of your heart, of your life, that you go, man, this is empty. 
I've tried to fill it with boyfriends or girlfriends or video games or this distraction or this, this substance and it's just not working. Can I tell you, young man, young woman, it's not because they're, you're using the wrong thing. It's because that was designed for Jesus. The space in your heart and in your life was designed for Jesus. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. If that's you, I wanna pray for you. You say, that's me, Pastor Taylor. I, I need to get right with Jesus. This Christmas season, I need to get right with him. If that's you, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Would you just lift your hand straight up in the air and I wanna pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll just wait just a moment longer. If that's you, just raise it up. Thank you, so proud of you. Thank you, you guys can put your hands down, so proud of you. If you raise your hand, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And this prayer isn't necessarily anything special, but it's a sign of you choosing Jesus to be the leader of your life. And we're all gonna pray this prayer together to support you who are making this decision for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time. So with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, would you repeat this prayer after me? Every single person say, dear Jesus, I choose you. I've messed up, I'm broken, and I need a savior to clean me, to make me whole. Forgive me of my past, of my mistakes. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. For coming down as a little baby and living a perfect life for me. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together and celebrate those who just made that decision? Would you stand to your feet all across this place? Would you stand to your feet? I wanna pray one more time for you if that's okay. Y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Okay. And here's, here's what I want to tell you. I started talking about gifts and that there are gifts that God has given you. And here's the gift that I think every single one of us has been given. And that gift is Jesus. And I know, and I know you're like, well, yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's great. He came as a gift for me. But can I tell you the best part about a gift, I think, if it's like that special thing, if it's a one of a kind, if it's incredible in every single way, like I believe Jesus is, is if it's a great gift, you actually share it with other people. The greatest gift, I think, is, is oftentimes, you know, think about the best gift you ever got throughout Christmas from your parents, from family members, whatever it is. It, it probably wasn't something that you were like, wow, this is awesome. And you took it and ran it and put it in your closet and covered it with a bunch of clothes. You're like, man, I'm just never gonna show anybody. This is hidden, I love it so much. If it's a great gift to you, oftentimes the first thing you do is you share it with other people. Right, I remember growing up in Christmas and, and my little brother, you know, getting a, 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 a what, what were those called? The little flip guys, Nintendo DS. Yeah, that's what it is, you bunch of nerds. But I remember him getting that. It was originally called the Game Boy if you're really old, but. Nintendo, it would open up, he got a DS and he's playing Pokemon. And I remember I just sat with him and played Pokemon for hours. 
And it wasn't even my gift, but he was willing to share it. And can I tell you, young man, young woman, leader in this place, that Jesus is a gift in your life. And what I would challenge you with is, have you shared him with others? Can I tell you that there is a part of my walk with Jesus that is solidified, not because of how much I read my Bible, not because of how much I spend in worship or how holy I am or how I never mess up. It's solidified because I have shared it with other people. I've said Jesus is too important in my life to just be something I do on Wednesday and Sunday. I care too much about my friends to not share Jesus. So here's what I wanna pray over you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're in this place and you'd say, Pastor Taylor, I've kept this gift of Jesus hidden from other people around me, my life, my friends, my teammates, the people at school, the people at work, maybe your coworkers, maybe your boss. It's something that, that you're like, man, they, they need this in their life, but I have just been scared. I've been afraid to share this with them. And here's what I wanna pray for you for. If that's you and you're in this place, you go, man, I have not shared that and I need to. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up? All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Nobody looking around, thank you. If that's you and you go, man, I need to share it with other people. Just raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Just keep it raised, just keep it raised, just keep it raised. It's between you and Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Would you put your hands down, those of you that raised your hands? If you raise your hands, would you hold your hands out just to receive what God has for you tonight? I'm gonna pray for you. Jesus, I pray right now for those who are holding their hands out to receive, that this is a private moment between them and Jesus, nobody else. And God, I pray right now for boldness in their heart, God, to share who Jesus has been in and through their life. God, I thank you for the gift of Jesus and who you are. But God, I pray right now that there would be a boldness and an encouragement and God, a strength to share this with others. God, the greatest gifts that we've ever received, God, is not, is not the things, it's not material things. God, it's not a, a relationship. God, the greatest thing we've ever received is you, Jesus. And God, help us to share that with others. Help us to be the kind of believers, God, that really believe what we say and believe what we read and go, God, you are good. You are merciful. And God, we love you. God, I pray boldness. And God, I pray the right words in this Christmas season, God, for those who need to share their faith with those around them. Jesus, we love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Can y'all put your hands together and just celebrate Jesus? Come on. <laughs>